Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Patient Convert podcast. So today we're talking about how we can really improve these patient engagements. And for those physicians and surgeons out there that are just kind of one more thing and one more thing to improve, we're going to talk about why this matters, why it's easy, and how we can save some time. So really important. So enough of me. Um, Let me introduce my co-host. You know him. Hey, everybody. It's Justin, the CEO of Entropy Healthcare Marketing. And our special guest today, Josh Bird, which is the VP of Marketing at Relation. So Josh, tell us a little bit about your role and what you do. Yeah, thank you. So I am, I lead the marketing team at Relation. Relation is a patient scheduling and engagement technology company. We provide technology to help physicians and physician practices, provider, large provider groups to better schedule their patient. You guys know full well, you know, getting a patient to you or to know about you as a provider group is only half the battle. Then you have to get them scheduled. Oftentimes they have questions. How do you manage that, right? And so we look at a comprehensive way of scheduling and engagement, which comes down to communications like text, SMS, and chat, and all the way in through pieces of intake so they can fill out forms, make co-pays, things of that nature. And I lead a small but mighty marketing group there. And, you know, we believe that we are not in the business of selling. We're in the business of serving and really helping physicians practices to better serve their patients, but also better serve their administrative staff. And even when they have better scheduling, it serves their own schedule better. And so we are really in that business of helping at Relation, And we have thousands of provider groups that we work with that need and want our help. And we've seen a lot of growth and success over the past few years. What would you say as people, either y'all are out reaching out to them or practices are coming to you and physicians are the biggest things, and we've talked about this actually amongst ourselves, that healthcare tends to lag three to five years behind when it comes to technology. I think COVID accelerated some of this just out of pure necessity, like telehealth and all that. What would you say of the components of the platform are are the biggest challenges or the things that are being underutilized the most that provide the biggest advantage when it comes to patient engagement to bring a practice into the 21st century, so to speak? Yeah, well, COVID started it, but patient expectations are changing really rapidly. And as you said, healthcare is a little bit slow to move. And one of the things that's changing expectations is how much of the cost of healthcare that a patient is is now shouldering. You know, if I'm going to come out of pocket three or $400 to see a specialist, I'm going to do a little extra research. I'm going to make sure that I'm getting the best. I'm going to get the most convenient. But also when I pay three, $400 to see a specialist, I want to feel like I matter. You know, I don't think I'm personally, you know, super high expectation diva, but I don't want to be just another number or another faceless patient to that practice. Right. But on the flip side, those expectations are real, but the complexity that's in healthcare today does not lend itself to easily solving for that real-time engagement that a patient wants, especially within the EM and EMR systems that are, you know, kind of the backbone operating system of these healthcare practices. 
And so we kind of come in the middle to help solve that challenge of how do we create a better scheduling and patient communication engagement experience while decreasing the burden on the administrative staff and ultimately the provider schedules. Yeah, and that's definitely a big pain point. You have both, like you said, patient frustration as far as when you're referred or looking for a specialist, you're there for a very targeted reason as far as symptom and treatment and care. And how do we communicate that closeness where they get that time with that specialist? So I think a lot of what you're talking about is kind of easing that part for the patient, providing the resources, the direction, the information, and of course, that close communication. And on the provider side, what we hear a lot is, again, they just want to be surgeons. They want to go to work and do surgery. They don't want to have one more thing. But what does patient engagement look like for them? Is it going to be one more thing or is it something that we can automate this process and save time? The phone tree or phone tag game, I think, as patients and providers is frustrating on both sides. You have your staff constantly returning calls and then leaving voicemails and then waiting for the patient to call back and then doing voicemails, even with collecting payments. So something like this sounds like it solves a solution for not only scheduling, but also helping staff members out and and really so they can focus on what they need to focus in the office with the patients that are there or their providers. And this sounds like such a great asset. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's think about a consumer experience. Take perhaps a, you know, a hotel. You really want to book this hotel. Justin, you and Kelly want to get away for a little while. It's it all the marketing, it looks nice, it looks amazing, but you know, and they may have the best service. I'm talking five-star top-notch. However, if you have to go on to their website and fill out a form, and wait for somebody to call you back, but they don't tell you when they're going to call you back. You just kind of put a form into the internet and hope that you get a call back. And then you hope that they have availability on that week that y'all are trying to plan vacation. And then you have to find out about what it's going to cost you. All of a sudden, you haven't even gotten to the actual resort yet to have that resort experience, you're stuck in this kind of in-between of trying to book this amazing thing that the marketing says is amazing. And it probably is amazing, but you're stuck in the middle. We see that a lot with healthcare today. You know, the patient knows that they need to see the physician. The physician is top of practice, best in best in what they do, right? But there's this kind of disconnect in the middle that gets really muddy. And so we believe that that systems can that are readily available, we provide many of them at Relation, can really help that because as as consumers, we want to go on a website and pick the appointment that we want and book it, just like we would a hotel or a flight. We want to have a chat available so we can ask a quick question to make sure we're getting the right thing. We want to have quick text confirmation. You know, as soon as we book it, you get a text that says, hey, you are booked for this date at this time. And then five days away from your appointment, you get a reminder because we're all busy, right? And then three days after that, you get one more reminder and then you get a, hey, we're really looking forward to seeing you today. And so you've got these technologies that are really helping to streamline that mushy middle part between the expectation setting of marketing and patient acquisition that y'all do so well and the excellent care that they're going to get, right? And relation sits right there in the middle. Yeah, I love that because 
it really is a nightmare. Like we are even actually are doing a staycation here uh, coming up this weekend, just in time for the hurricane that's approaching us tonight. <laughs> that was even the, the scary thought of having to call Marriott and wait through the reservation specialist to get transferred to the front desk, all to handle an issue. And that really comes back to there's, I, I don't even know, you probably know the statistic than me. I'd imagine it's 80% or higher still don't have self-scheduling options, especially in the private practice ecosystem, which is crazy to me. And it's why we have such a, have built such a strong partnership with y'all because we send so many of our, our clients over there when they engage with us, like you need to get set up on self-scheduling for a numerous amount of reasons. But I'd like to talk to some of the most important ones. I know from our end, why we love y'all's platform so much is the tracking ability is most mm, of the time it's right. workflow. A patient fills a form out, it goes to the front desk, the front desk gets that form, they call the patient within 24 to 48 hours, they're doing their job, and then maybe shoot them a text and that's it. So all you can really report on is very, very, very top of funnel. Like where did the form source medium originate from? And that's it. But with self-scheduling, yeah. put it in the tag manager, Google Analytics 4, all of the above. But talk on your side, the advantages of why a practice really needs to start adopting self-scheduling and the pushback that a lot of physicians get of, well, I'm opening a can of worms by allowing people to book yeah. them and I'll lose all control. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So we did a survey in partnership with MGMA recently, and 30% of provider groups said they had self-scheduling until you dug in and self-scheduling was really filling out a form on the website and hoping somebody calls you back. Well, that just triggers human interaction. That's not self-scheduling. We know what self-scheduling is. We have OpenTable. We have the Delta app. You know, we have whatever our favorite Marriott, you know, you can go on Marriott Bonvoy and schedule whatever you want to. And you can do it at 10 p.m. at night after your kids go to bed. That's what we want, right? And frankly, that's what Relation provides. But it's harder in healthcare. And it's harder for two reasons. One, physicians don't want to just open themselves up to chaos. I was talking to my sister-in-law, who's an OBGYN, and she said, nobody gets to me except through Susie's scheduler. And I was like, why? And she said, Susie knows that I only like this many new patients on a given day. I never like them back to back. I've, I've got this requirement or that requirement you know, and, you know, patients, if they can just schedule wherever, my days are going to be terrible, right? Because I'm going to get behind because a patient will schedule a 15 minute slot when I need an hour with them. And then, you know, there's just no rhyme or reason. And she's not wrong unless you have an intelligent scheduling engine where she can put in those rules. And therefore, Kelly, if you were going to see her, you know, you could, and she was using relation, you could see based on who you are and what your need is, the spots that she has available. And the practice can use that data to start to understand the trends that that patient population is having. And they can start to open up those guardrails a little bit. They can say, you know, hey, Dr. Justin, you know, we are scheduling only based on your rules, but we can only keep you two thirds of your day booked. You know, are you okay with that? Or, you know, for every appointment, if you get paid $200, can we squeeze four more appointments in your day? You know, and they're probably going to say yes. And they're going to kind of start to open those guardrails a little bit. And we have 
some clients that are starting to do that. And we were talking to one and they said they started to ask, hey, can we just book one appointment per day that's outside of your rules and we'll check in with you and see how it goes. And they said, sure, we'll try it. Don't think it's going to work. After a month, they checked back in and they said, what did you think of those extra appointments we put on your schedule? And the physician said, well, which ones were they? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even know the difference, right? Because they were still within, you know, a certain bounds. They just opened up the guardrails a little bit to more fully utilize that schedule. But the real power comes in back to your original question, adding that self-scheduling engine on the front of it so that the patient can still self-select and have that excellent experience, but the doctors do not have to give up that control. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and going back to as me as a marketer on the other side, really looking at the top of the funnel and the patient acquisition side, it's, it's such a less friction that's involved in the whole entire process when they can do that. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, when you take human error out of the equation from the standpoint of the follow-up cadence, having to practice like sales processes with the front desk, all of that stuff, there's just so much more variability. The tracking thing, again, going back to that, I cannot tell y'all, we've been around a lot of different technology and there's a lot of practice engagement platforms that are out there that do similar things, but a, a majority chunk of them do not have the tracking part of it. And I cannot tell you yeah. from a marketer standpoint how big it is to even go into our dashboards. And as an, an organization that has literally booked tens and tens of thousands of patients through direct marketing initiatives on the Dash platform, it's amazing to be able to report on all of that because otherwise there's just so much lost data that's involved. And it's really, really key to be able to have that ability to know who's booking and where they're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, we are in a data-driven society, there's yeah. a ton of data, you know, and as long as it's good data, you can make good decisions. You know, what if a provider group that you're serving noticed that, you know, they're not seeing enough, you know, let's take an orthopedic practice and they're not seeing enough knee patients, you know, they've become really well known for hips and elbows, right? But they've got this great knee surgeon that they just invested a ton of money in. Well, the data can say, hey, you know, we only have you know, this small percentage of our patients are coming to us for knees and then they can start to make decisions based on that. Well, is the decision to have you guys work on a knee campaign or, you know, is the decision to do something else with that physician resourced? You know, there are all kinds of business decisions that can be made, but the data has to feed it. You can't make assumptions, right? And th I think that is the power when you bring in the front end data for patient acquisition with the scheduling and engagement data that we're seeing today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the transparency, I think that's a big thing between both of what we do and what you guys do. Data is transparency and it's easy communication. And these physicians, again, have other things and, and trying to put your head around something like relation or entropy healthcare marketing and hearing all the things they must have or need to have or how it's going to make their life easier. When it comes to something like that, it just the transparency and communication can can win that argument. And it's something they should have when making these big decisions in their organizations or how they choose to increase their patient engagement. So we talked about scheduling, which is obviously so crucial. We talked about the convenience not only for patients, but the difference it can make for physicians and then having them overcome that hurdle of really kind of controlling their schedule and how it can be easier. 
But one of the biggest things really coming into play, and you really touched on it a little bit, Josh, but is chat, is the ability to chat with patients. There's a lot going on there. And so for our listeners, we've talked about chat before, the advantages, but there's a lot of people who have questions about how does this matter to them? Does someone have to be on the other end consistently? How long is a good time to wait? Where does this information go? How do we lead them? How to do chat correctly as well. So can you talk a little bit about how chat is really evolving in the patient engagement game and and some of the best practices? Absolutely, absolutely. We see chat as a huge, huge opportunity for healthcare providers and provider groups of all sizes. Today, based on our research, only there's only about a 5% market usage of chat. Oh, However, that. It, you know, it's very small, but I just moved into this office I'm sitting in a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I had to wait on the phone with the cable company or I could initiate a chat and have it up in the corner of my screen while I was doing other things, right? And that got resolved in a much more efficient and effective manner for me. And what I think people also may not realize is that a well-trained chat agent can handle up to three chats at a time, you know, statistically speaking. So one thing we're seeing out there is a lot of staff turnover, administrative staff turnover, positions are hard to fill, you know, in healthcare, you've got to do more with less, that sort of thing. And a lot of people assume that it's one-to-one chat or one-to-one on the phone. And they're like, well, I'd rather my people speak to my patients, but really you, it's a three-to-one kind of ratio there when chat agents are really trained up. Also, I think it's a, a consumer expectation, right? There are chats, if you need help on Amazon, if you need help on Delta, if you need help with Marriott, I guarantee you there's a chat there. And you can usually get the top level questions answered in an automated fashion. You know, if they ask, for instance, what is the address for the practice? You know, the bot knows what the address is, recognizes that language and provides the address. And that doesn't take any human interaction. There's also things that can be used for like triage. If they say, hey, I'd like to fill my prescription. Well, that chat can be sent directly to the person who handles that. So instead of a receptionist sitting at a telephone, which sounds so antiquated, but 85% of provider practices just last month surveyed said that's still their primary way of scheduling and rescheduling and communicating with patients is having that sort of generalist receptionist there or a call center for larger provider groups. But having that triage function, you know, and having it being intelligent. So if they say, I have a question about my chart, that can go to the PA or the physician versus I have a billing question that can go to the billing department. So you have this triage function before a human ever interacts. And then you're keeping each person on the administrative staff side working at top of license, right? And so you're making sure they are handling the things that they are most skilled to handle. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I'm a really big fan of chat and it's incredibly underutilized. I'm not surprised by that statistic at all, because even looking at our portfolio of clients, it's still really underutilized. I mean, we, we literally just had one of our large ortho groups did a 
standalone presentation at AAOE, which is the largest kind of orthopedic mm -hmm. it is facing conference annually just on chat implementation during COVID. And now they average 500 plus patient appointments booked just through chat. Like imagine when you think of that volume from a call center standpoint and with rising costs of staffing and the staffing issues that are just continuing to get worse is think about the overhead because then you can even look at even outsourcing that, get a virtual assistant or something right. like that because all of that really can be handled purely back end. And it's just a huge game changer from streamlining prescription refills to like you said, triaging from billing to appointment booking and all of this stuff. And if you get really efficient at it, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars annually yes. overhead and bring patient engagement to the next level and patient satisfaction too, all at the same time. I'm a huge proponent of chat. It's something that I think every practice should be looking into. Yeah, absolutely. We see just a huge opportunity for efficiency gains, especially when you start hooking it up to things like scheduling, like you said, you know, where, you know, hey, I'd like to book an appointment. Great. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, all of that can be handled. And I would say most patient populations because of other consumer industries are very used to that chat triage, right? That talking to a chat bot, it doesn't feel impersonal. It feels convenient, right? And it wouldn't work for every patient population perhaps, but for the large majority, we really believe it would. What? You combine both too. I mean, there's yeah, yeah. to do. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I got, I had one other question. There's, I think it's changed a little bit. Statistics that we've seen in, in a lot of the presentations that Kelly and I have done, and I think it was brought even more again to the forefront because of COVID and the forced adoption of online. But with all the patients that y'all touch through all the clients that you serve, there's always a pushback too of, well, our patient population is more geriatric or their baby boomer mm -hmm. age, not going to be able to use website question. chat, or they're not going to be able to do X, Y, or Z from the patient engagement standpoint. I disagree with them but you have the hard facts in terms of what y'all are seeing at, in terms of the patient population use. So what do you say to those that are like, I serve a 55 and older population, they're just not gonna be able to get on board with this because they all have flip phones. You know, I usually, it, it depends. Most of the people that are, it would say that are 55 and older at this point. And, <laughs> no. and I ask I um, when the last time they booked a flight and how they did it, you know, yep. or and do they have a flip um, in their pocket because they don't? Because <laughs> they don't, right? Yeah. And I think they're not wrong. I mean, if if you're talking about an 80 year old, you know, perhaps. However, most of the truly geriatric patients, if you want to talk about those, work with some sort of caretaker, whether it's a family member or it's a professional caretaker, and that person is going to be more adept at using technology. So the data, I don't have the data off the top of my head, but it really doesn't hold water. I mean, most everybody now can use these automated systems very well, very efficiently, and it helps. You know, we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to make the user experience just as seamless as it can be. You know, I mean, Amazon brought us one-click shopping. It was dangerous for my wallet. It was great for them. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. but it was dangerous because it worked. It was convenient. Yeah. It was easy. They made it where I could get pretty much anything I wanted in two days. And so I think that we work tirelessly to make that experience easy 
for anyone to engage as well. And I think that's really important too. So what would you say is your biggest word of advice for organizations in today's consumer-driven healthcare landscape? You just talked about Amazon and some of the ways other industries and businesses require their engagement and interaction and processes moving forward digitally. So what would be your advice in this healthcare world? So honestly, it's lean on experts. Don't feel like you have to do everything all on your own. You know, if I need a knee surgery, I want an expert knee surgeon. Marketing, patient engagement, patient scheduling in today's complex environment can be very difficult. And I think it could feel very overwhelming for someone who's a really good surgeon to have to start thinking about marketing. Most people aren't dual-minded like that. You know, I know I'm not a surgeon, right? I'm a marketer, but for that very reason. And I would say, so don't be afraid to lean on the experts. There's a lot of opportunity to serve patients well. I believe that the physicians are serving patients well. I believe partners like you guys are helping paint the picture of the great service that they can provide. But make sure, so I guess the second part of that is Make sure your patient experience, when you start thinking about that, it's not just bedside, right? It's from the first time they're ever introduced to you as an organization, all the way through follow-up and every step in between. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, And that's the biggest advice that I tell people is, is lean on and adapt technology. There's so much good technology out there. And when it comes to the investment and your bottom line, it will reap 10 times rewards. Even if you look at the self-scheduling, like it's 150 or it's a 200 or 250 a, a physician per month. It's like that's small fries when you can get better patients and improve efficiencies. It's just worth its weight in gold. And then like you said, is lean on, lean on specialists. You can't do everything and you shouldn't be doing everything. I mean, it's the same with our business that we run. We, we can't do everything. And we tried for a long time when we were building the business and it's very difficult to build one. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work very well, does it? No, I wouldn't recommend it. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so many people that can come in if you're willing to listen to them and really push things forward and allow you to refocus back on care and take some of those stressors and prevent some of the physician burnout, which is such a hot topic nowadays. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And transparency. I think both of you kind of touched on that. I just feel like from a provider perspective or a surgeon's perspective, there's so many things to choose that improve their daily lives or help with patients. And I think when you partner with people who can communicate in a way that they're not teaching you, but showing you to help you better make decisions or understand if it A, saves you time, B, drives in the right patients and C, improves patient care. I think when you target those three things, it can help a physician either make the decision or implement the strategy. So I think that partnering with you guys and what we do, it just seems so seamless. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Josh, for coming on. And again, like I said, we we can speak from experience. We literally send a, a huge chunk of our clients that don't have any of these tools that we just went over. So we can get those tools as one of the most important weapons in our tool belt as marketers for practices. So kind of as we as we leave, tell people, A, how they could connect with you, but even more importantly, connect with Relation, learn more about the Dash platform and get a demo done. Yeah, absolutely. So we are at Relation.com, super easy. It's like relationship and patient. 
put together relations, you know, and that's the easiest way to read our content. The study that I mentioned earlier is posted there. We have our own blogs and education there. You can get a demo. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about social media. We're primarily on LinkedIn, so you can find us there. You can find me there. My name's Josh Bird, VP of Marketing. I'm not very hidden. You know, reach out, connect with me. I'd love to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Josh, and really appreciate you coming on and stay tuned for our next episode of the Patient Giver podcast. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.